Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am talking with Krisha Cipriano. She is just an incredibly magical human being. And I had the pleasure of getting to know her and working with her when we both worked for uh, a very big online company behind the scenes. And I just loved her energy and her vibe. And so when it came to beta testing these healthiest blueprints, I reached out to her and offered to gift her one. And it was fantastic because she's so heart-led and open, enthusiastic, and incredible as a human being. And she's also really great at feedback, which is what I was looking for in this process. So today you're going to hear us talk about her signature card coaching method. It's really beautiful. And she, you know, I I got to experience some of those sessions with her. You're also going to hear about uh, the work that we did together in this like healthy-ish way, this healthy-ish perspective, what she really loved about it and got out of it. And we're also going to talk about the fact that, that health plans can be difficult for many people. Like it pulls up a lot of feelings and triggers and sore spots. And it can be anti-motivating, which were the words that she used in this episode. So I'm excited for you to hear us talk about that and talk through it. Um, A little bit more about Krisha. She is an intuition-driven decision-making coach who helps passion-powered professionals assess all the calm, confidence, and clarity they need to make the moves that matter most in their business and claim joy like it is their lives. Uh, like it is their job of life, because uh, it is, it absolutely is. And so, you know, her approach to business and intuition and decision making really, really, really parallels this healthiest perspective. So I'm so excited for you to hear her thoughts on it, on the process, her feedback, and everything in between. All right, here we go. So the the majority of what I'm doing at the moment is around what I call intuition-driven living and decision-making. And um, I just love supporting people in connecting to that like strong, true source of power and strength within them. You know, those little whispers and nudges that so often get either stuffed down or ignored or shortchanged, you know, all of the things. And so Um, I work with people mostly one-on-one right now and really supporting them in connecting to that voice through 
what I call intuition-driven uh, card coaching method that I've created um, that is just really powerful. And, I've experienced it. Yeah, it's very uh, powerful. Yeah, I love it so much. And every time people are just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, so I just, I, I Can love Can you describe that. it or is that giving too much away? No, no, that'd be great. So basically- I, I say it's kind of like if um, traditional coaching and oracle tarot card reading had a baby and there's also a little bit of like art appreciation in there as well. So basically before the call, I connect to spirit and source and you and I select some decks that speak to me to bring towards the call. And when I say decks, like the Oracle card decks yeah. or the tarot card decks. And then on the call, I'll present you with a couple and then you take the lead in choosing which one calls to you. I choose the card and then we go from there just first, like what do you see on the card? And it's amazing what connections can be made. like that you wouldn't have expected. And then of course we do all the powerful questioning and whatnot along the way, but it's really like this choose your own adventure of, you know, cards and what you see and what little whispers are coming to you, what insights I will bring to the table. And then we go through and, you know, we might stay on one the whole time. We might do several, um, but the cards are a really powerful vehicle for getting at some of the stuff that can lie underneath the surface of the questions people bring. Yeah. As someone who taught intuitive eating for yes. many, many, many years, like a decade, you know, <laughs> um, one of the challenges is connecting to intuition for most mm -hmm. people. Like, but how do I connect to whispers? How do I connect to inner knowing? Yeah. And tarot has interestingly been one of the many ways that I've heard of connecting to intuition, but I think even tarot alone, I find it hard. I feel like I'm a pretty intuitive person and I sometimes find it hard. So I found your method, the guiding, it was so interesting because I felt like, yeah, it was coming from within me. It was coming from what I was noticing and what I was seeing. And my attention is obviously grabbing onto what's relevant to me in the reading. Um, but then the way that you helped guide it, I was like, this is a really interesting way to connect to intuition. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. And yeah, it's, it can sometimes feel like this unknowable, undefinable thing, but really it's just clearing away all the noise and giving credence to those things that pop up that you think are random thoughts. Like, yeah, we have random thoughts sometimes, but sometimes that's really like the jam right there that we're, we just need to stop shoving it aside. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, so Anything else about sort of your, your entrepreneurial journey at the moment? So you're in lots oh. of different spaces. You do these incredible, how, what do you call them? Do you call them intuitive card readings or what do you call them? So I, I did, and I'm in a shift right now, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's like an ever shifting thing. So I had been calling them intuitive co-created card readings <laughs> a lot. And I, the, you know, the change isn't really that much shorter, but I'm shifting more to signature card coaching sessions. Oh, cool. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Just trying to get at what is there because, you know, those words have 
different meanings and I want to help people understand what's actually going on there by using some of the language that they're familiar with. But yeah, so there's yeah. there are those. Um, and then, so for our conversations today, I also support other entrepreneurs in creating affiliate partner programs that just feel really aligned and meet them where they're at. So that way they can create the program that feels really good for them to share with people to spread the message out there. I'm all about having, you know, helping those passion powered entrepreneurs with such beautiful work and messages, helping that get out there in the world. And so one is through intuition-driven decision-making. One way is through um, helping them build and navigate and up-level their affiliate partner program. It's funny. And I So there's been a couple of affiliate programs I've noticed lately that are really beautiful. And I'm like, I wonder if Krisha's Laura <laughs> Sprinkle might be behind right? this. Yeah, yeah. And even in that space, you know, have been so many different as, you know, you know, so many different um, elements of that journey, you know, from behind the scenes to up front and all of that. Yeah. And so, and I love to give people a little behind the scenes as well, because I feel like it's so interesting how small the world can be at times <laughs> and the online world, it. even though it's like big. So Krisha and I also both happen to work for Selena Sue, who's like a, just a powerhouse online. Um, I was definitely not in my zone of genius, but I was just trying something on for size. And I learned so much in that role and with that team who are all just so lovely. I mean, not even to yeah. mention the fact that like, I love cold plunging and I can't remember who was, there was like two men on the team, but one of them was it Eric. What? Um, Peter, I Peter. think. Yeah, right. Oh my God, he was so <laughs> lovely. And I remember the first time he brought this idea of Wim Hof. Yeah. Like it's meeting. And I was like, who is this wild Wim Hof guy? And we're watching this thing. And then that saved me through the pandemic. I'm telling mm. you that Wim Hof breathing and like cold showers, yeah. it was, it was totally incredible. So there's so much that I like got and loved as being part of that team, but I ended up leaving to continue to focus on my own work. I was like, I think, I think my own work is really my journey. Mm. Um, but then I was in conversation with one of my other online favorites, Ash Amberger, and I noticed this name pop up in the comments. <laughs> this is now several years later, right? Yeah. We're talking like two or three years later. And I see Krisha Cipriano. I'm like, it's gotta be. <laughs> so I, I wrote what to you odds? and it took a minute, but we like realized, you know, oh, we know each other. We mm. worked together for a little while, a brief stint. So it was funny. So we reconnected that way. And then, um, yeah, it was just fun to reconnect with you online and sort of see what you're up to and what you're doing. Uh, I love it. I, you made my day once, once we figured out, like, I know, I know her, but where and how, cause we were in such different spots than we were when we first met. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And also just all the love for Ash, of course, since he's there oh my every day. If, if, for anyone to... listening, if you're an entrepreneur or like Ugh. a wannabe copywriter, Ash Amberger is just the best of the best. Ugh. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I yeah. followed her. I started following her, I think when the middle finger project was brand new, nice. it was relatively new. And I did 
all of her programs and then kind of took a break for a little while. I think, I don't know, life just got busy and then found my way back to her and <laughs> just everything she does is so great. Yeah. And I met her through working with Selena Sue and her affiliate partners. Because she was they... a major affiliate for yeah. Selena, right? I remember yeah. seeing that because I had done all this work with Ash. And I remember when I was behind the scenes being like, wait a minute, Ash Ambergey's like one of the top or like the top affiliate for this part. I'm like, right? that's cool. But that's the power of her writing. Mm -hmm. It really like, and it was so beautiful again with behind the scenes, you know, just being able to sort of witness some of that in action. Right. Supporting. Yeah. It's really great when you get to work with someone behind the scenes and they're just as great as they seem to be in their writing or their work online. And I think so she's just- one of those people. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So tell me about like the current challenges when it comes to like, cause you know, this podcast is about healthy-ish. We circle back yeah. to bodies and health and food and all that stuff. Like, just tell me about challenges right now when it comes to taking care of yourself, feeling good, just what's coming up for you in the um, moment. I love it. So, you know, I feel like throughout my life and then, you know, of course, everything that's throughout your life is just magnified when it's in the world of entrepreneurship and all of that, but like the balance between stillness and movement. So Sorry. I, yeah, so I, in terms of like, you know, the daily non-negotiables, the things that really, like, it's so funny, even just that phrase out of my mouth, non-negotiable, like very little in my life is non-negotiable. And so even with, I have like five things that I do each day, even there, and they're small, but even with them, I'm like, I also have this little list. Like if I don't do it today, I'll like double up tomorrow and I move the reminder on my calendar. But one of them is meditation and one of them is movement. And then there's also hydration before coffee. I know you're not drinking coffee right now, but I am. <laughs> I've been on only because I've been on a little bit of a health journey myself lately. Yeah. Just some stuff popping up. So I've been like, I know I've seen the coffee. Yeah. I listened to that episode with my mug in hand. It's like, oh, but, but even just a bit of, even just a bit of hydration before coffee. That was the makes thing. A big because, difference. Yeah, yeah. It one, if I didn't do it before it wasn't getting done, like, you know, it just wasn't happening. But two, like, you know, my brain knows that getting hydration in first is smart but at that pull and that habit. So now I've like created the habit of like, I'm not going to do a whole gallon before coffee, but I'll do one of my water bottles. And that's the start that I need to then be able to drink more. Cause if I don't, then I don't have the taste for water all throughout the day. And I'm like horribly underhydrated, like perpetually, you know? So I don't even know how we got there. Oh, so that was one of the things, but going back to like stillness and movement. So I just have these like baseline minutes a day where I'm doing the meditation and I'm doing the movement. And um, it's funny because like the goal, like if I were to set a goal for how many minutes of movement a day, it would be higher than what I'm doing. But 
I just know myself now if I'm not able to juggle all of the things and still feel like because sometimes when I'm juggling all of the things then I feel like all I am is a juggler and I lose like myself in it I lose my joy I lose all of the things like that the purpose I, of the yeah. reason you're doing these things in the first place exactly and so I I need to be able to be really real with myself and extend myself grace and like so right now my movement minutes it's only 17 minutes a day and there are some days that I don't even get that in but it started at 15 and I've moved up to and you know it's I interviewed someone the other day and her goal is five yeah she's a super busy entrepreneur but like she's like it's five and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's more than that and but sometimes it's five yeah yeah and I uh, predominantly lately, um, it's been coming in the form of dance, which has been super fun. And so then I get on a kick and, you know, 17 minutes comes and goes and I'm still dancing. And so that's really great. Um, but yeah, it's so, so I guess going back to the challenges, I always seem to be able to find time for my meditation, my stillness. That was a long time coming though. You know, I've worked on it for like five, six, seven years, but the movement is not there yet, but it's getting there and it's getting more regular than it has been without having to be like, go work out, you know? (laughs) And is this because like, did you have a good relationship with movement growing up or a bad relationship or did something bad happen? Like, or just it was never part of life? Like what was the, what's the history there? Oh, great question. So, you know, I was an only child raised by a single mom. So I was doing a lot of, you know, I did a lot of reading. I'm, you know, 70s baby, 80s child, a lot of video games, stuff like that. I would ride my Huffy Desert Rose bike and I loved that. And, you know, but in general, I didn't have like, an athletic mindset. I played tennis, but not very well. When I was younger, I played soccer, but horribly. And like my pants would always be falling down and it was a mess. But then I like grew into things where like, yeah, I was not great at tennis, but I wasn't horrible at it. And so that added some things. And you know, what's funny. Um, One of the things that helped me like sort of start to try on more of a I wouldn't say athletic identity but like fitness related I mean I had a not great relationship to diet culture growing up but in terms of movement there was I used to read all the magazines like self and sassy and like all of them and there were these ads for the video was called The Firm, and it was an at-home workout video, like revolutionary back in the day, and it had, um, I think, Janet Jones Gretzky, who was in, oh. I think, American Anthem is the movie that I loved. Yeah, and so she, she, was it, she's married to, she's married to Dwayne Gretzky, she's right? like, you know, the kid. Yeah. yeah, and so she did, and I was like, wow, and it was like, weights and aerobic movement together and I just like was like oh this is amazing and somewhere along the way I don't know if I figured it out probably my mom did I don't know but 
I got the video. Like I realized, oh, I can do that. Like I can order this video and this can be for me too. And so I did a lot of, ooh, can you hear me right now? Yep. I don't know. Hmm. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think I just busted my headphones. <laughs> I will try to fix them while we talk. But in the meantime, um, yeah, so then I started doing a lot of like workouts at home and that felt really good. That was like in my teenage years. Um, but before then, I didn't have a really... I had a Jane Fonda workout that I totally loved. And I would do it at home sometimes. And if it was rainy days or whatever, or snow days, my dad would do it sometimes with me. And we would laugh so hard because he just... <laughs> like him grapevining or whatever. It was yes. just the greatest thing in the world. And still, because I do dance classes, you know, still. And every time I do a grapevine, I just think of my dad in these like gray sweatpants with Jane Fonda on the screen, <laughs> like <laughs> grapevining in our basement, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Gosh. So that sounds good. I love that. Yeah, I don't even remember. I think I got off track. Oh, well, we were just talking about like your relationship to movement. Cause I always oh. find it interesting because, you know, as kids movement, isn't, um, Virgie Tovar, I think talks about this, which is really interesting because she's like, everybody thinks that this, like I've called exercise movement for a long time. Cause I've just mm -hmm. found it to be easier for a lot of the people that I work with mm -hmm. to talk about it. If we get away from exercise. And she was talking about the fact that like, everybody thinks movement is this like alternative way of talking about exercise but she's like movement is actually the umbrella movement is all like right. I'm moving right now as I talk <laughs> to you babies move to develop their spines and learn how to crawl and walk and we all move really naturally exercise is like this tiny subset mm. of movement actually that is really about outcome and often competition and performance yeah. and and somehow that became the only thing we care about when it comes to moving our bodies. So it's like right. movement isn't the tiny subsect alternative thing. It's like exercises, you know, right? That's <laughs> An so funny. is actually the subset, you know, wow. and movement is going out on your bike and walking the dog and going downtown for a walk and cleaning the house yeah. and doing the dishes and dancing in the kitchen and putting your clothes away and like that's all uh, yeah so it just it's interesting to me because almost everyone that I work with there's something happening around movement and it's like mm -hmm. trying to figure that out is it because you were over exercised as a child is it because right. it was never really built in as a habit is it because you have unrealistic expectations on yourself of what it should look like like it's just interesting because there always seems to be a bit of a struggle with it, or often there's mm -hmm. a bit of a struggle with it, right? Yeah. So I think like to get to that, like succinctly is I didn't, I didn't grow up with that sense, you know? And so like I had friends, I lived in a tourist town. And so in the summer, my mom would be working all the time. I would go stay with my grandparents. So back home, all of my friends were like doing the racing club and like doing the like swimming and like a lot of these active things that I wasn't doing. And so then 
there was like this disconnect a little bit. I had to develop it older, um, you know, which is fine, of course, but like it was a process of, um, you know, just discovering, you know, and those key points along the way, like what felt good, what didn't. And like, I've developed, a, again, athletic isn't the word, but I can't find another one right now. I've developed an athletic side that I express and connect with more or less in different phases of my life. I, I had I didn't have one at all when I was really young, you know? Yeah, I hear that. Hmm. Okay, so meditation seems to be in place. Movement is in place in, yeah. in the way that you create it for yourself. Hydration before coffee, anything else that's on your non-negotiable list? So it's, one of them is just like, I mean, I don't, need a non-negotiable for this but it's been really fun I have been learning Portuguese for well over a year now I mean it started because I was dating someone you know whatever but that's come and gone and I've been learning it continually with um, an app Duolingo and they have you know it's gamified and so you get your streak and so I've just it's like one I just commit to one little lesson a day to keep the streak and that's been really fun to also keep me, you know, my mind is always going between working for clients. I also write a lot, you know, content for myself, but also because I, I'm a writer at heart and, you know, the mind's working in so many ways, but this is a little bit of a different way. So that's one of them. And then the other is like, it will likely seem silly to some people to have this, but it's to get outside. Mm -hmm. um, I, I work at home and literally just 10 minutes a day. And when I first set this goal, like this is a little <laughs> embarrassing, but I will share it. Like when I first set it, it was the beginning of the year. So it was winter, it was cold, it was dark, it was like dreary. There would be times where I literally would, I live in an apartment building and don't have a lot of great like outdoor space. I would literally go outside, walk to my car, lean on it, listening to an audio book at times, like when it was like too dark to go for a walk or like this or that, or like, I love it. And that would be how I would hit it. Cause otherwise I'm fairly introverted in general. And then when you add the entrepreneurial work at home life, like there can be days and days, like a week could go by without me stepping foot outside of my apartment. And that wouldn't be the wildest thing that had ever happened, right. you know? And right. I feel so happy when I am outside, like the, the air, the colors, the sense, like it, that's so much a part of my like presence and grounding practice just to be right. outside that I needed to set a goal for that. Right. Right. And we'll get to like the healthiest blueprint later, but I think mm -hmm. also being even as an introvert, like there's something about your personality that needs like a little bit more stimulation in your environment occasionally too, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm one, I'm one of those introverts. That's like very, I love people, you know, I'm, I'm not like the, 
you know, there's all different types. And again, I know the the market thing from human design, we can talk about um, yeah. that, like hit the nail on the head so much for me. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so yeah, anything that you battle ongoing, like, is it energy? Is it overwhelm? Is it like, is there anything that pops up over and over again that you find yourself managing as a, as a entrepreneur work from home human? So what's, what's coming up right now is it's, it comes and goes, but it's been regularly coming and going for, you know, the lifetime of my entrepreneurship. Cause you know, I used to be a middle school French teacher. So this whole different world then, but since I've been in this space, this like clenching, tightening, like literally sometimes I'll be at the computer. I'll be like, I, what, what's hurting right now? And I realize I'm like chomped down on my tongue, like with just the force of my concentration really hard. Like I'm hurting <laughs> myself, but I hadn't realized that I was doing it. And yeah. you know, it's that, that, is yeah. what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Jaw. I know jaw tension is so big mm. for me too. Yeah. Like, and right. At, yeah. I would sleep and get tensed up. Um, but I, I didn't, this whole like tongue chomping jaw thing is like a whole new thing, but it is an extension of something, you know, like the yeah. going to sleep and like realize I'm, I'm very tense. Right. Right. Um, so one of the things that we actually did together, in addition to me doing this beautiful card reading with you is I reached out to you in the new year. I was like, I had this new framework, just like a different, it was just, it's like reorganizing work that I've done for a very long time, but I had this new framework and I was looking for specifically like female entrepreneurs or women who were in busy roles in their lives, you know, to take on to, to volunteer, to be a little bit of a guinea pig for me. And so I'm interviewing several of the people who are part of that to be, to be on the podcast. And you're one of them. And, you know, I was looking for going back to like reconnecting with you online. Like as I was following you, I was looking for people who like seem to actually be taking care of themselves on some level mm -hmm. actually had a similar approach to life, which was very holistic and like just following you. I'm like, you know, she likes to be with her friends and music and pretty drinks and, you know, appreciating the deeper things in life, but also some of the more like simple joys and pleasures mm -hmm. and beauty. So I was like, I think Krisha could be a great person for this. So I just reached out and said like, Hey, would you be interested? And you were. So tell me about that. Like, what did you think when I reached out? Like, what were your initial thoughts? What were you hoping for or not? Or like, just fill us in. I was so excited and it just, I don't remember now, like maybe I, because like I said, I started this stuff in the new year. I think that was why the timing was so great. Um, but it just, it felt like great timing and I just love how you approach things and your energy and it just felt really like some lovely divine timing, you know, and so I was super excited um, and it's funny because I, I don't generally like 
go for something like this myself, just because like, I have this thing, I'm doing the stuff on my own and I can be very like, yeah, I know there are things that I like should, could be doing. I get it. And if I'm not doing it, I'm not freaking doing it. And like, there can just be this very much like it can almost be, um, anti-motivating sometimes to go down this route, you know? And so I felt very, like, I thought about it before saying yes, because I know that about myself. So I wanted to make sure that like, you know, I was doing right by you and, you know, making sure that this would, you know, be good. And I just, because of your energy and the way you go about everything, I knew that it would be okay. Like, even if something did come up, it wouldn't be like a thing, you know? So I was really excited to like go through that thought process and then just be like, yeah, I'm super excited to do this. Um, and gosh, like what you put together is so, I might be jumping ahead, but it's just so beautiful to the eyes and to the soul, like all the attention to the different, um, elements of, wholeness and happiness and you know body soul spirit like all of that again like you said we're very similar and complementary in those beliefs and so it felt really wonderful to um to see that come out and of course you know I'm a very wordy girl and so you have your intake form and like I I filled out that form It's great though. Cause you gave me great feedback. You're like, this takes longer to fill out. And so I've been, I've been telling people like, it takes longer to fill out and, right. and, and it, cause it's interesting. So many um, women will come back to me and be like, Oh, just so you know, I'm a little bit wordy. I really went for it. But I think that we do have these long kind of complicated histories when it comes to health, when it comes to taking care of ourselves, when it comes to our bodies and food yeah. and um it takes a little bit of time to get that all out there. And I think that what's interesting is that so many of us have those little bits of resistance in lots of different pockets of this work. Mm-hmm. And then particularly, I think you and I identified that as we were working together, like particularly because this was like gifted to you and given to you, you know, not everybody, it's just a fact, right? Like not everyone is super interested in this stuff or or it's not their main purpose or joy in life to take care of these things like you know they get the things in place that they really care about and they're in place and then they're like I'm good I'm done you know so I love that you're identifying that because I do think that's important right like this work isn't for everyone and um, it doesn't need to be and I think it's also important on a more micro level like we do many people hold a lot of resistances to a lot of things in their body for good reason Cause it hasn't been particularly yeah. safe or fun or inclusive or mm-hmm. accessible on some level. I loved how you pointed that out in the work, you know, very gently and lovingly. So, you know, like, yeah, there, there are reasons and we may not know the reasons and the reasons don't need to mean anything. It's just like, you know, how you said this work isn't for everyone. And sometimes it's just a matter of like at this time, right? And so just knowing that and 
being free to like go down the paths that are for you at this time and be aware of the other ones without feeling like if you don't go down those paths, there's something wrong with you. Cause that's yeah. so much of what like the, it fuels the resistance. It just continues right. to fuel it. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I do like eating disorder work as well as part of this, like not the healthiest work, but sort of separate yeah. in my, in my work life. And, you know, it's interesting because people will get sometimes to a certain point and then they just stop the work, you know? And from a practitioner perspective, it can feel like failure or it could feel mm. like what went wrong? Let's dissect this. But I genuinely feel like often when that happens, people have just gotten to a point where like, they're just at what they can handle for now. Yes. Yeah. You know? I love, and I there's love like integration that. that needs to happen and maybe they just need to rest. They need to in rest. In general, right? Yeah. Like that integration space, honor, recognizing it and honoring it is so important rather than like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I love how you mentioned, like, it can feel like a failure and it's not you know, like that, that just that alone is so powerful. Yeah. It comes um, back because... to that idea of stillness and movement, right? Like <laughs> one, and, and so much of my work too, is about cycles and honoring those cycles. And, yeah. but I do, I do think it's fun in the blueprints to point out or to bring attention to like, one of the things that I'll talk about is like, is this truly you or is it like a habit you've gotten stuck in as you, because there are certain points along the way where we do certain things and they do serve us in those yes, moments. Yes. And then it, especially like when people are coming to me and like asking for this work, I feel like really free to dig in and sort of say, well, if you want to make a change, I'm wondering, like we need to untangle what parts of how you're caring for yourself mm. are true to you. And what parts are like little bits of rebellion and resistance that are yes. left over, you know? And they were great when you put them in place because they were rebelling against something and, and someone, but now you're just kind of rebelling against yourself. Right. You know? <laughs> like, what would it look like to maybe not need to rebel against anything? Cause you're the grown up now and, and you get to decide. And if it's not right for you, whatever it is that we're talking about, like, yeah, that's also fine, but it's a fun exploration to start to pull that apart. Totally, totally. And I love how you approach it. It's like I started, there were some, you know, like I've been very resistant to like routine and like, you know, just down to like meal prep, you know, like I know it's going to serve me, but it just oh, it like it. And so finally, like realizing and part of this is through the work that we did together. Like. It's funny because I love new tastes and you know delightful presentation beautiful color wonderful ingredients so in my head I thought that meant that I had to be like continually having new things and through your analysis realizing that oh wait I can like get something new this week and eat that thing, like all for week. all of the meals that I don't want to think about. And that's great. Like there, and that blew my mind, Jillian, like, and it could, because I was doing like eating some of the same things, but call it meal prep or half, 
have to do it all like and package it up and like that didn't feel good but making a big portion of something and just eating it all week long from the same big container like scooped out yeah, I don't know. which is like perfect it's perfect for your digestive <laughs> type too right it's like yeah yeah and I think that so much of healthy ish as well is is knowing that we can redefine it's like I say this all the time. We need to critically think about how we define almost everything in our brains when it comes to health. So like you say the word meal prep and I know I do it too, immediately conjures this image of like shopping a million things and so much work on a Sunday and plastic containers. And (laughs) I occasionally do that, but I'm also really terrible at it. But I would consider myself to be a meal prepper because for me, meal prep is actually just just this morning, you know, Thursday, Friday, my husband and I touch base for five minutes. What are we going to eat for the next week? Kind of what do we have on hand? Who's cooking what? What can get taken care of? What needs to be easy? What night are we just picking? What nights are we picking up food? What nights, you know, and then we just get the groceries. And that to me is my meal prep. And like, that's it. That's my meal prep. Right. And very occasionally I make a salad dressing and we eat it all week or, you know, I'll, but yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm a terrible meal prepper too. You know, rarely I put in a Sunday and I'll do it when I really love it. And I really love it. Like, yeah. and it'll feel so good to have all those things prepped and ready for the week, but it's just not, you know, Sundays are currently the one day I don't work. Yeah. And the last thing I feel like doing is having a long to-do list. Exactly. That's where my resistance came from for so long. And so now like, you know, I live on my own. And so my meal prep is when I feel like it and have a chance and food is low, I go to the supermarket. Sometimes it's two or three times a week. Sometimes it's once every two weeks or whatever, but just go look at what's beautiful, what's calling to me. So that really feeds all of those centers that like, that's how that's the joy in my day in my life, right? And so letting myself pick the things that feel and look and smell and, you know, touch wonderful, that can be very simple. And then making something with it and eating it all week. (laughs) Or like getting a lot of like berries that I don't have to like prep. But that is the prep, you know? And Well, I'll talk about this with people too, like I'm a big... I'm like a big Costco fan. I'm like, go to Costco, get the vegetables that are like washed and Mm -hmm. chopped and ready to go. And there's no shame in that. It's still getting celery into you. It's still getting snap peas into you. You're still getting carrots into you, even if they were already peeled and chopped. Exactly. And I think that weirdly, again, that comes from these very intense perfectionistic wellness beliefs that we've ingested. Mm Mm-hmm. That yeah. it's just like a little less than whether we're consciously thinking about it or not. And it's like, why? Why is it like, like yeah, yeah. So anyway, I and like thinking about meal prep differently. Sometimes meal prep is literally being like, I'm going to go pick up a roasted chicken and a bag salad that we really like. Yeah. And like, that's meal prep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love yeah. It. <laughs> um, anything that surprised you that you weren't expecting to like think about or touch on in the blueprint? There was... Um... So with, I love that you included like focus on astrology and human design. Like I, those are both a part of like my practice and process. I know some 
about things, but not like, you know, expert by any means. And there were a couple of things there. One was around, so I'm an Aries and tied into that like rebellious streak. And it's so funny because like I'm super rebellious in some ways and very much a rule follower in others. So that's always interesting. But you had pointed out, I think it was around what we were talking about before, like where the rebellion then can almost be like spiting yourself in some ways. And just to like be conscious of where the rebellion is serving you versus where it's actually working counter to your needs. And I mean, I always knew Aries had a rebellious nature, but the way you positioned that like in my real life was really powerful. And, you know, so that surprised there was, me. I feel like there was, I don't have it open in front of me, but I feel like there was like some strong Aries energy just through the chart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is so beautiful. Cause there's like, you know, Aries is such a powerful sign you just have to harness that energy you know right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then two of the human design piece um so there was this piece around taste and it's one of your yeah. centers or whatever it's and how you it's how you um interpret the world essentially is through taste and so for people for people listening, it's like taste as in how things taste, but it's also like things you consider to be in good taste. Yes. Yeah. I felt so seen and like understood in that, like, and I didn't know that element of things, but like, because I do one, I just love something that's, you know, tastes beautiful, but like visual stimulant, like the sights, the sounds, everything, like all of that now I see falls under like in good taste. And, you know, I've explored how like, okay, so beauty basically. And I'm like, wow, like that could be considered like, you know, surface, you know, superficial, but it's not, it's like beauty of the physical but that's like experienced on a whole new level. Like that's all I do in a day. Like I have my presence practices. I go outside, I look at what's pretty. I snap pictures. I like smell the flowers. It's how you pick groceries in the grocery store. <laughs> it's literally like how you know what is right for you yes. in the world. Yeah. So if it's like, if you were, <sighs> you know, if you were deciding between two programs to take online like if one is really feels really tasteful and beautiful and whatever like that's the one that's right for you and it's not about what's no quote unquote prettier it's about what is what is in your taste yeah you know yeah so it's, it's like but that's allowed to guide you like that is your best decision mm -hmm. maker it's where you should spend your time and energy it's mm -hmm. like yeah all of those things it's and, and how it's fun is that well, and it's what I help people do as well. And I just like hadn't looked at it from that perspective because it's it's the cornerstone of like all of my work in the world, basically. And so to see it being explained and reflected and originating in in that work was so powerful. And like, of course, like, you know, I don't necessarily go around needing permission slips, but it was a lovely permission slip. It was lovely validation of like, 
this piece of myself that is so important that I hadn't seen reflected in any of the other stuff, like personality tests or whatever. Um, yeah. And I think that that validation that's come up in a couple of, a couple of these different sessions. And yeah. I think, like you said, like nobody needs a permission slip. And at the same time, you know, so in one of the other sessions, I don't, I think it'll come out before yours goes, this set, this podcast goes live, but we talked about the fact that she was eating at night and, um, felt very bad about that because as you can imagine, and all the nutrition and wellness right. information in the world, it's like, stop eating, don't eat, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just basically like, don't eat in general, but right. especially, especially at night, like God forbid you eat at night, you know, like you shouldn't be eating at all, but if you're going to eat, definitely <laughs> do it before 6 PM. And, and, uh, and so we pulled it apart. Like, you know, this is a big part of healthy issues. Also pulling apart, like, what are the, where are the places where we're actually being rebellious or like reactive or not taking care of ourselves through the day. So we have no recourse except to do these things at night, but we pulled it all apart. And it was like, this is just when you're most relaxed and when you want to eat your biggest meal of the day. And, and then we did her human design and I'm not even kidding. She's like designed to be a night eater. Like that was her. So it's like, I love it. sometimes these validations are actually like, yeah, you don't need a permission form to eat at night, but like if some of the things that you're doing, the way you're making decisions, the way that you're choosing food, the way that you're eating goes against like every other message that's out there in the world. Like, I think that there can't help but be a tiny bit of like conscious or subconscious feeling of like, I, I could be doing this better. I should be doing this better. And like, particularly if you're not in a stick thin body, our bodies often become these like proof that like we could do yes. it better. And, you know, I just want to sneak in here too. like, I so believe that like, you know, of course we're all doing the best we can and we are all perfection in our imperfect perfection, you know, like we are all perfection and the validation that comes through this work with you, I feel like helps because that's something that almost everyone I've ever spoken to about this struggles with feeling that really bold encompassing self-love and acceptance right and so when you get that validation that's literally like oh here I am eating at night like everyone says you shouldn't and blah 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 and now you get this like no you are actually perfectly living who you were designed to be like perfectly living yourself that I feel like helps to grow a feeling of self-love and acceptance mm -hmm. and trust in a very and confidence. powerful way yeah. yeah 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 agree agree because again um it's really interesting how often people will say well I'm just not a very good intuitive eater mm. and when I pull that apart it's because their intuition is leading them to do something that they have categorized as wrong or bad right oh my gosh that moment must just be like, oh, it's like, wait a minute, but who said eating three cookies is wrong? Why, like why maybe your intuition's right. Maybe, maybe there's a perfect amount of sugar for you or like, right. you know, or, or night eating or there, I mean, there's a million examples, but I do find that interesting that, that that's one of the barriers to intuitive eating for most people is that they, if their intuition suggests that they do anything that isn't in line mm. with aspects of diet and wellness culture that's just so deeply entrenched we don't even see it we don't yeah. even recognize it for what it is it's like well 
my intuition's obviously broken. Like (laughs) big. So good. Um, Okay. um, Last thing. And then I want to let you go. Um, Anything that didn't really resonate or anything that you would have loved more of. So I loved that you had all of the areas and um, I remember there was one that was like the home style that just, yeah. yeah, that like, I was already like rocking it. There wasn't anything big there. So there wasn't much focus there. I love that there was flexibility to like put more focus where, you know, the intake and the design and all of that um, really like lay basically. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it does. It does. And I think that, you know, what comes up for me when you say that, cause I've been thinking about this a lot in the past week, even mm-hmm. um, it's so easy to put focus on food or movement or hormones or like these things come up and, and they'll present as a really big issue. I'm still trying to figure out how do I dig in and help people reveal or unravel if space is a really big barrier mm. or a block interesting because most people don't it's amazing I'll sometimes get like an intuitive feeling for it and I'll put more yeah. in it um like I did a session with someone a couple of weeks ago and there was a lot of conversation about like I love my home but it wouldn't be my dream home and this is why we're in it and it was more convenient and responsible and, you know, and I don't really have a space in it. And, you know, the, that kind of language made me go, okay. Yeah. So I, I focused a little bit more in that area, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it is really important for a lot of people, their home, their bedroom, their, um, kitchen setup. I'm just still trying to figure out how do I, mm. how do I help people see that? Right. When people are pre-contemplative about their space and how it connects to their well being, how do I help yeah. pull that out? That's but a anyway, great. That's a great topic to like yeah. consider. Yeah. If you ever want to jam on it, let me know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that would be really good for like a intuitive card reading probably. Hey, right? Oh, fine. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's room to put more in those spaces. Yes. Mm. Depending yeah. on what people might ask for or need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think just. I feel like the the line is so fine at times between like you know just knowing where that person is like you know like for me with my like rebellious streak and like you know not wanting to like feel hampered by it and like you know you putting the things out there that the person can then say yes or no to, right? Like, and I think that you do that really well. It's just like a tough- It's tricky. It's line. Well, the topic of pressure comes up in my work a lot, especially like uh, when it comes up with feeding kids, for example, I do a lot of work with parents whose kids are struggling. They're either really picky or they're mm. doing funny binge eating behaviors. And we talk about pressure a lot. And And it's interesting because pressure is a perceived thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's every single person perceives pressure differently. So when I'm right. working with parents, it's not about, do you feel you are pressuring? Sometimes, yes, it's really overt. You're pressuring other yeah. times. It's like your child is perceiving pressure based on mm. what's going on in this situation. 
And so that's, that comes to mind for me here. Like it's, yeah. um, and again, some of that I think is remedied when somebody comes to me Yeah. and they're like, this is like a major thing. But at the same time, I still think it's, it's something to be very cognizant of like presenting things, ideas, mm-hmm. ways to open up the mind and the perception and the, you know, all of that without, while being conscious of not putting pressure. I love that. I love that so much. And yeah, like, I feel like there's no like single way to like always hit it, but the, just your way of being and being receptive and open, like, you know, let's say that someone does get feel like uncomfortable with that or whatever they can say so and that and that is a part of like the person's process right where like if I'm triggered by something here like I need to be able to say it and so there's being cognizant and conscious of language putting out there and then there's also letting that go so that if something happens like the conversations can happen yeah you know yeah and I think that like my my goal with this framework is that there's always a workaround so even if someone were to come to me and be like my hormones are out of control my blood pressure my whatever and I cannot do food work yeah I I can't I can't talk about it I don't want to talk about it I'd be like great let's work on your space yeah we'll work on We'll work on cycles. Mm-hmm. We'll work on your mind and energy and thought processes. Like mm-hmm. there's always a yeah. way to shift the focus and we can just be like, well, let's just set that aside then for now. There's lots of ways for us to work on managing your blood pressure. Yeah. Which goes back to um, the, if it's not right, right now, you yeah. know, like there's, yeah. there's healing that can happen in coming at you with like, I can't do this. And then you being like, okay, let's do these other things. And just the fact that you didn't say, well, you have to, that alone is such a healing action for that person. And then to go through the process, like it's so likely that they'll be open and available to other things on the journey, which I think it's one of the things that just, one of the many things that sounds so beautiful about these like journey experiences that you're creating for people, because there's that spaciousness to be able to meet them where they're at and then see where they will can, where they will get to, you know? Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being part of, of this work. I just really appreciate it. I really appreciate you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's it for me today. And don't forget, if you are interested in finding your best healthy-ish life, if you are interested in getting a 10 plus page healthy-ish blueprint that is specifically and uniquely designed for you by me, if you want to go even further beyond that and, and have some coaching and accountability and a team of experts in the health and healthy-ish wellness field, handpicked by me, vetted by me, and approved by you, then I want you to go to the link in the show notes called Work With Me and find out all the juicy details about both my a la carte and deep dive, healthy-ish life one-on-one deep dive programs. 
life-changing, health-changing, whether you were managing difficult health conditions like diabetes or high blood pressure, or you are dealing with a long laundry list of subtle health conditions that no one will take seriously. I'm your gal. I'm here for you. And I want to help you feel vibrant and incredible and amazing in your body without giving up on any of the adventure or croissants that life has to offer.